0: Good morning, New Community Church. How are you guys? You're good? Hey, have you guys been enjoying this series? Yeah. I know I have. And let me tell you, my name is Aaron Castellanos. I am the associate student pastor here. I'm the other Aaron, and as of about a week or two ago, I said, you know what? I'm going to start going by Pastor AC, because there were rumors going around that when people say, hey, Pastor Aaron, they're like, oh, not that pastor, I'm Pastor Aaron Jr. And so I'm like, now I sound like Pastor Escamilla's uh, son, so I'm not going to say who started that rumor, but... It's happening, and so some of you may be wondering where Pastor Aaron is, and uh, he actually wanted to film a video for you guys to kind of give you an update of what's going on, so take a look here. All right, so we're definitely going to miss Pastor Aaron today, but as he said, he'll be with us this evening. Now, as you know, we've been going through a series called We're Not That Different, and the heart of this whole series is really allow you to understand that we're really not that different. You know, I heard a while back that the church has done a horrible PR job Public LaRatia, right, promoting itself because of this, is that sometimes when you tell people, hey, why don't you go to church, they say, because I'm so messed up to go to church. There's an issue with that. And I think that through this series, we're trying to recover the image of what the church is about, is that if somebody is hurting, if somebody's going through something, this is the place where they find healing, right? This is the place where they find freedom because if they look at it or for it out in the world, they're not gonna find it. We know that, and a lot of us have stories of that. So the, the verse that we've been focusing in the heart of this whole series is Revelation 12, 11, and it says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. By the blood of the lamb. We still believe that the blood of Jesus has the power to break sin, amen? amen. But then there's another part to that verse that says, by the power of their testimony. And we each and every one of us has a testimony, a story of where God uh, took us from, of where we are now. Some of you are in the process of God changing your heart and transforming you, but we all have a story. And when we start to share that story, what happens is somebody connects with you and says, man, I'm not the only one that's going through this, or I'm not the only one that has gone through this, or somebody connects with you and says, okay, so there is light at the end of this tunnel because right now it doesn't feel like it. It feels like I'm going through darkness and there's no end to whatever pain I'm feeling right now. And so today we're gonna to be talking about addiction and unbelief. How many of you have ever had doubts in your walk with the Lord at some point? All of us, right? And maybe some of you in this place can say, you know what, I've, I've had history with addiction or maybe right now you do. And so the panel that we have this morning are people that, that are gonna open up, they're gonna be transparent with us this morning. And so can we give it up for, first of all for Mr. Richard Vasquez? Where are you, Richard? There you go. This handsome Latino man coming up here looking like Mario Lopez. And then we've got Heath and Lauren Hollett. If y'all can give it up for them, an amazing, amazing couple here at our church. They're wearing the wrong jerseys this morning, but we're not going to hold that against them, right? The Lord is working on their lives, guys. Be patient. Okay. You <laughs> said you have that faith. <laughs> All right, guys, so I just want to start off, um, if you guys can just start by introducing yourselves and just telling us a little bit of your story, maybe even um, how the topic today relates to your life and some of the things that you've gone through. It's on. It should be on.
1: Testing. There you go. It's on. We're on. Um, my name is Richard. Um, some of you might see me. I help out with the, the welcome team. Um, I'm a a former PK kid back in the day. I walked away from the Lord for about 22 years, and I recently recommitted my life back roughly around three years ago.
2: Okay. My name is Lauren Hullett, and um, we've been here for 10 years, and uh, I was a uh, meth addict for about 10 to 12 years of my life and have you know struggled with doubts with uh the lord because satan is very real as well and always messes with the mind so right, All right my name is heath hullett and uh it's actually 10 years
3: today that we got invited to this church wow been coming here Amen. september fifteenth, two that? 2009 that's awesome it's like god just put that on my heart when i was sitting over a while ago wow and it's been life-changing yeah, I was actually dealing drugs. One block from his church. Wow. And uh, Lauren got invited here, yeah. so I can tell you it's changed our lives. Yeah. I mean, it's only because of Jesus. But I was a meth addict, uh, probably from the time I was 13 years old. Uh, because of my addiction, I wound up spending like 15 years in prison, in and out, back and forth. You know, but I always knew the Lord because my mom raised me that way. So I'd always turn back to Jesus, Mm. but as soon as I would get released, I'd always go back, do the same thing. And then finally, by the grace of God, we got invited to this place, and uh, we stuck it out, you know, and here we are now.
0: And you guys are such a blessing to this church, let me tell you. you. So let let me ask you guys this question. Obviously, each of you have different backgrounds and stories. When you're dealing with addiction or unbelief, or feeling like you're distant from God, what was your biggest obstacle to change? What was one of the biggest obstacles that you saw in front of you that you felt like, man, I just keep running into this thing over and over again in the process of changing? Um,
1: So my addiction, I had a lot of addictions, several addictions, but the biggest one for me was alcoholism. And I was not an everyday drinker. I was the one that Friday night came and I would binge drink, from Friday night to the early hours of Sunday morning. So the devil had me bounded where I couldn't even be in church physically. Um, so the biggest one for me was overcoming those bad habits, mm. the things that the devil had me bounded to in a routine that kept me bounded in those chains and continuing to want to drink. Um, and I want to add to that because there's a scripture that came to mind. Are we okay to share scripture? Yeah, of course. Okay, cool. Um, so it's, it's in Romans 12:2 It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Right. Like brother said here, it's a process in the mind. This is the gate that the devil works. Mm. And the, and I try to, if you can visualize this, there's chains on that gate. Those are those habits. Those are those routines. That's what he's got you bounded to. And some of those chains are larger and some are smaller. Uh, but it was a process. I had to renew my mind. I had to transform my mind. I had to constantly break those chains down little by little so I could open up the gate to receive what God wanted to do so I can change. That's good. So that was the, wow. the biggest thing was breaking those chains down, breaking link
2: by link time over time.
0: Yeah, that's good. Keep the Lauren.
2: Um, mine was just because I've been a hairstylist for about 17 years now, and um I got very comfortable in my addiction to where I uh, started whichever connection with my addiction was with a lot of my clients. So I had to change everything. I had to change my phone number, I had to change my friends, I had to change my surroundings. Um, I had built my business for about six or seven years and had to restart over. And I was willing to do that. I mean, there was about five people that I took with me, but um, at that point, you have to be willing to change everything And Satan does work so hard on the mind. And when you think you're doing right, then he he knows your weaknesses. And that's the thing is God knows our strengths and Satan knows our weaknesses. So he will put in front of you exactly what he needs at your weakest moment and you know we just have to absolutely keep strong in the lord and um i had made a couple of notes too so insanity in the dictionary is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results and you know a lot of times i think that's what addicts do is we think oh well we can do this and just do it a different way and and something else but no we have to do something different and um so
3: for me i had to change everything because all i knew like i said i was an addict from the time i was like 13 years old yeah so i grew up and that's all i knew was you know drugs and crime and that prison normal. right so and, until i was you know i had a couple instances here and there where i would get out and do good for a short period of time and you know but when i started coming here i realized i got to change everything because i didn't have no more chances i was all out and i had to go all in you know yeah. so yeah we started coming here faithfully and it was not all uphill mm-hmm. <laughs> everything wasn't just beautiful and peaches and cream right it was uh you know some rough times of course. you know we went through some serious obstacles because you know the devil he don't want us to serve the lord right. want he wants to serve man. him he wants right. to bring us back so he can drag other people down with him but absolutely you know, so we, that's for me i had to change everything that was my biggest obstacle because yeah. all i knew was what i was living
0: right And I think the the verse that comes to mind when I hear you guys share your story, at some point we've all gone through something, right? But a constant theme I hear is, I have to change everything. And I think of, uh, it's the book of Matthew, I believe, uh, 530 that says, and if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. Now it doesn't say like, no one gonna walk out of here and we're gonna see a bunch of people with no right (laughs) hands next week, right? That's not what it's saying. (laughs) But we have to go to that point to say, what is it that's causing me to continue to fall over and over again? You mentioned you have to change the people you were around, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes we want to kind of dabble and say, well, I can hold on to this and I can let go of that. And God is saying, no, it's going to take a little bit more of that, more than that. You know, we have to let go of some of those things that that have been so normal to us, our environment, the people we've been around, our thinking. So it's it's taking that extreme step that to other people, it's going to look crazy and say, why are you doing this? You used to hang out with us, right? And now all of a sudden, you don't want to go with us anymore. But it's about focusing on where God is taking you and knowing that there's something greater and something better, right? Um, Richard, you already shared a part of this, but um, if you want to add to this, you can. What are scriptures or practices that help you guys break through the addiction or unbelief you were experiencing in your life? What are some scriptures or, or some habits or uh, practices that helped you guys? So, like, like,
1: like, we've been saying here is just because you become a christian you're obviously trying to renew the mind you still have the temptation it's still there even to this day mm-hmm. it's not something i just now have a defense mechanism to help me get through it um so i struggled with that because i would fall back into it and i don't get too far ahead but and the temptation came and i, I was i couldn't defeat the temptation i would continue to go into the sin and then god reminded me in the scriptures where it's matthew chapter four right, let me see. Uh, Matthew chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. And it says, And the tempter, and this is how the ESV, and the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of Man, command these stones to come, become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So that was key to me. So Jesus gave me an example of how to overcome my temptation. So the devil attacked him in his flesh. He was hungry. He had been eating, hadn't eaten for 40 days and 40 nights. So he was hungry. Right, so the devil comes at me in my weakest moment and goes, "You need a drink. You've had a hard day at work, and the and the girlfriend wow. is nagging you. Right. You need a drink, right?" But as you can see, Jesus used scripture, right. and that is key. I started reading the Word of God. I started getting in a daily routine. I'd just open up. I'd read a chapter a night. I would I would uh, you know analyze it. I'd apply it to my life. I started getting the Word of God into my heart, past that mind first. That, that stayed to the mind into my heart. And then I was over, I'd be able to come over, overcome uh, temptations. That's
0: good, man. I think you're gonna be preaching one day, bro. I'm telling you. All right. <laughs> oh, what about you guys? What are some scriptures or some practices that helped you guys?
2: Um. So some scriptures. Uh, I wanted to make sure I never forgot mine, so I tattooed a few of mine on my arm. <laughs> but um... I did the
1: same on my daughter's birthday because I'm real bad about oh, birthdays.
2: Yeah.
0: That's you awful. know what you just did, right? All the teenagers are like, hey,
2: Mom. Oh, yeah, Mom, there you go. Yeah, right? Wait till you're an adult. Oh, yeah. Yes, thank you. Yeah, I, I, yes, 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 anniversary. yes, but I did get that wrong. Okay, um, so one of my first scriptures that was very strong for me was uh, Psalms 4610. Be still and know that I'm God. Mm-hmm. And those fewest words, it meant so much to me because it was be still. And that's all we have to do is just be still and know that he has us. Um, he's not saying it will be easy, but he's saying he has us. Um, No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And, I mean, that speaks mountains to me because Satan does use so many weapons. But one of my most favorite, and it has become my most favorite, and I don't have it tattooed on me, but Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Right. Acknowledge him in all of your ways, and he will direct your path. And to me, no matter what anybody is going through, that one scripture says it all, right. that we trust in him, that we acknowledge him, and that he will lead our path. That's and good. So, oh, and then there was one more that came to me a couple of years ago. And um, it's in Corinthians, but it's even though we walk in the flesh, we do not war in the flesh. And this fight is not against flesh and blood. It is a spiritual warfare. And that's what we have to remember. That that argument with your husband, you know, or your child is not, that's not what it's about. It's Satan trying to cause chaos. And, you know, he is here to kill, steal, and destroy
3: so i'm going to speak on one that i just had in bible study this week okay at work but it's one that i've always called upon because i was in situations that you know all i could do is it's hebrews 11 1. we live by faith not by sight right because you can look at your circumstances all around you you know and you can think you just get overwhelmed right you know so in my life so many times i was overwhelmed with uh you know bad decisions put me in bad places and i had to look around and thought man is this it for me is yeah this, is this my future so <clears throat> I used to meditate on scriptures and read, and I always had that faith, you know, that f- faith of a mother seed, mm-hmm. move a mountain. Right. right. So I've actually seen that actually happen in my life where I've seen these huge mountains that you think there's no way out. Yeah. And God always provided a way for me to be out. That's why I'm here today. That's good, man. That's good. That's good. Let me ask you guys this. Hey, I have, okay. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, I just have one nice. thing to
2: say on that mountain thing. This is so funny to me. But every time I would hear that, you know, a face of a mustard seed and that, you know, faith will move a mountain, I'm thinking, okay, so we speak to that mountain, right? I'm like, we have the same authority as Jesus, right? We speak to the physical mountain. It moves. But the physical mountain is whatever the mountain is in your life, right? right? And it took me years to figure that out. And I'm like, well, that mountain could be that job or that addiction, or right? Because right. I'm like, well, I'm going to go talk to that house and tell it to get over there, you know? But. But, so, yeah. We're Superheroes. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> That's when doubt kicked in. Why are these houses not moving, right? Yeah. Let me ask you guys this. Uh, was there a time where you fell back into a habit or thought pattern of unbelief? What would you say to others that are in the audience right now that have tried to quit or have tried to trust God, but they feel like they just can't?
1: So, yes, I did. I wish I could say when I recommitted my life to the Lord, everything was good. The addictions were gone. No. You know, I sat here at church sometimes hung over from falling back into my addiction. Mm. And at first, I used to bring guilt and shame on myself. And the Lord finally told me, he said, why are you doing that? I am not right. doing that to you. Yes, you should have a little bit of guilt and shame when you, when you fall short of the glory of God. Yes. But I was putting it so, so, so hard on myself that I, I couldn't even get myself out of the guilt and shame. Mm. And then the Lord reminded me, you should count it all joy when you're at your weakest moment, or you feel like you failed God, because at that moment is when God wants to show up, and he wants to be your strong, that strong, he wants to be strong for you in your weakest moment, and that was key for me, is that every time I would fall back into my, back into my sin, I found myself on my knees going, God, I need you, and that's when God started to reveal himself to me, and my faith started to become stronger
0: all right that's good thank you
2: um to me just defeat is not an option you know um you have to allow god to work everything out in your life um when he put me in hair and put me around people you know sometimes i ask him all the time like why did you put this certain person in my chair because I find myself just praying in my mind, like, what is going on? You know, but he gave me a mouth and it's very loud. And I talk a lot and I talk about anything and everything. And I've never actually been one to really care if I offend anybody. I don't mean to be like that, but I'm like, you know, God gave me this gift and he said, if I want to talk about it, I can, you know? And so I do, I, I try to talk about Jesus every time that I get the opportunity, which every person sitting in my chair and then it's, you know, it's, we just run with it. And, um, So yeah, you just have to use the gifts. You have to find what your purpose is. And, uh, you know, when we were in that wreck about eight and a half years ago and I broke my back, like I realized God had purpose for my life at that point. Because if not, I would have died in that wreck. I mean, you know, I I do understand that. And um, so I'm just like, well, I guess my purpose is hair and talking to people. You know, but I I feel a calling and I feel something um, that is coming strong. And, you know, we're working on some things and you just got to keep that faith with Jesus.
3: There you go so um doubt right yeah so, what, what are some
0: things that uh or what would you say to someone right now that maybe has tried to quit and has fallen back you know to old uh, habits well, and patterns
3: never give up you know uh i heard a saying the other day without uh, it's impossible to have faith without doubt don't know but you know i mean our faith is just what you know keeps us going Right. You know, if without faith, we wouldn't believe in Jesus Christ, we wouldn't be saved. Right. It takes the faith to do this stuff. Uh, When we was going here for like the first six months, like I said, it wasn't all easy. We went through several things. And I remember that uh, I got put in a situation where I wound up in jail and I was going to church every Sunday. And I thought, man, it's supposed to be different. I'm not supposed to be back in jail. Mm -hmm. You know, and I was facing (laughs) another, you know, life ending situation. But by the grace of God, I was in there, and I was actually preaching to people. Mm. You know, people were reading the Bible, asking me in the morning, hey, will you come read the Bible with me? I said, absolutely, let's do it, you know. And I remember looking back, and I was thinking, is this it, Jesus? I'm going to be a jailhouse preacher, mm. you know? <laughs> is, this, is this what my life's really going to wind up? You know, yeah. all this time in prison. Be a great and calling. Now I'm, now, <laughs> I'm, now I'm preaching to these guys, and they say, well, yeah, I like the way you read the Bible to me. And I'm like, well, okay, well, let's do it, you know. I didn't give up. Yeah. So Lauren was inviting people to church. She was bringing people up here and bringing her wives down there to see me. Mm. We was growing it from inside the jailhouse. Wow, that's <laughs> uh, awesome. One of my good friends still comes here that I met in jail. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, we had that's some awesome. pretty awesome stuff, but I never gave up. You know, I had a lot of doubts. I was like, "Oh man, cuz you know, I was already guilty of so much." Right. But the end of that good story was me and Mr. Holly retired the same day. He retired from the Dallas <laughs> County Jail the same day I got out. Oh, really? <laughs> oh,
0: wow. Who would have thought? That's awesome.
2: Okay, I have something, though. And yeah. this, is, this is totally how God works. And some of y'all know our testimony, and some of you don't. But Heath and I, uh, you know, Brian Minyard has been one of both of our best friends for many, many years of our lives. I mean, him 20-plus and me close to it. And we knew a lot of the same. Okay, 30-plus, me 20-plus. <laughs> and we knew a lot of the same people, but we never once met each other. Okay, um, we hung out in all the same places. I mean, it was crazy and this is how God works because had we ever met at any other time that we would have, it would have been for drugs and sex. Point blank, it would have been completely different. We would have not built the foundation and the rock that we have now. And you know, and so dream, wait, what is it? Teamwork makes the dream work. You know, you but go. that it, it, it so at awe's me because of everything that we we did live the same lifestyle and knew all the same people, hung out all at the same places and never once had met. Wow. And you know, so it's it's just amazing to see when God has a plan, it absolutely will follow through and no man can break it.
0: Yeah, that's good. God's timing is perfect timing. Yes. Right? That's true. That's true, and you guys are such a powerful weapon right now for the kingdom of God, man. We've seen you bring people, and God's using you in great ways. Let me ask you guys this. How is your life different after coming to Christ and giving up sinful habits or trusting him with your questions? What are the big changes that you have seen in your life?
1: Well, to start with me would be my daily routine is totally different. So I begin my day, my first thought is to get on my knees and spend time with the Lord. And to, to remind myself and to let him know that this day does belong to him, that my life is not mine, it's his. To use me, to right. be a servant, I'm humbled, however it may be, if it's just listening to somebody today or it's ministering somebody in that seat, right? Whatever that is, Lord, I am your servant. That's one part. The other part reminds me of Jesus when he was in the boat with Peter and the, or with all the disciples in the midst of the storm. Remember, Jesus was asleep in the midst of all his storms. And the disciples were like, hey, we're about to die. Why are you asleep, Jesus? And he gets up, he calms the storm, and then he goes, you of little faith. Yeah. So now in the midst of my trials, my tribulations, my so-called storms, mm-hmm. I'm almost to the level, not there yet, <laughs> like Jesus is asleep in that boat because of my faith has been strengthened through this walk.
0: That's good, man. That's awesome.
2: Um, I will say that I still, you know, I I work on my faith daily because, you know, Satan still comes at me every day with something different, and I've just learned how to fight him, you know, Um, but getting into God's word. I I did uh, I read the Bible fully in one full year, and I was so proud of myself because I thought, you know what, even if I don't understand it, I know that I'm going to go back and reread it again, and the Holy Spirit will use what he needs to when he needs to. Um, but one day I saw a meme, and it says, uh, what if you woke up today with everything that you thanked God for yesterday? You know, and, and the more and more I thought about that, that's so true. We all go to bed, and we just... Lay our heads down and go to sleep. But if you woke up with everything you thank God for yesterday, what would it be? You know. So I've gotten to her here lately, especially. I mean, and I, I'm like for 30 minutes, right? Like, Thanking Jesus for everything. Our dogs, our cars, our jobs, our right. family. Thank you for your church. You know, because we are the church at the end of the day. So we have to be willing to be bold for Jesus. Right. You know, in the war room, it talks about soldiers for Christ, and that's what we are. You know, and He gave each one of us a gift, and we do. We need to be bold and. Speak up for him.
0: There
3: you go. go Amen. I'm uh, really mind blown by what I've been able to accomplish with Jesus in my life. You know, mm-hmm. to uh, be here ten years, uh, to get to pray with people. Yeah. Uh, started a Bible study at my work. I just keep feeling like God's telling me do more, do more. Mm-hmm. You know, you can do so much more. I'm thinking, okay, well, what do I got to do, you know? So, yeah. so just being obedient, you know, getting invited to come up here and share a little bit of my testimony, hoping and praying that just maybe it changed one person's life. Yeah, you know, that's all it takes—just one person. If we can yeah. help one person, right. but uh, I'm just so grateful, yeah. you know. When I worship over there, I just get really emotional because those words mean so much to me. Because, you know, I'm not supposed to be here yeah. by the world standards, but you know, I like I say, I had Jesus a had a plan. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Hey, can we give it up for our panel this morning,
0: guys? Thank you guys so much for coming up here. You know, and hopefully in, in hearing their stories and their testimony, you, you find hope and you find courage today to keep walking forward. I don't know what condition you came in this morning, but some of you may be in a situation like Keith was saying 10 years ago, where you're saying, God, my life should be different by now, but I feel like I'm doing the same things over and over again. And I want to leave you with some encouraging uh, scripture this morning. You know, we talked about unbelief, right? When we wrestle, sometimes we feel like, God, I should have it all together. I should never doubt you. Uh, you know, if I go to church, and everything should be put together. But I want to read Mark 9, 23 through 24. And this is what it says. It says, Jesus said to him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, lord i believe and notice this help my unbelief everybody say help my unbelief unbelief. some of you in this place are asking god help me with my unbelief because i've lost hope god i've lost hope that i can break from this addiction god i've lost hope that my marriage can be restored i've lost hope that my child can come back home and serve you one day god and it's okay to pray for god to help us with our unbelief but if you notice this jesus doesn't condemn him but challenges him to have faith. And in the same way, Jesus is not condemning you this morning because you're praying, God, I'm having a hard time believing. God, I'm having a hard time believing that you can come through. It's okay to not have it all together. And sometimes I have to remind myself of that. That if when, in those moments when I admit that I don't have it all together, God steps in and says, but I do. And I'm the one that can strengthen you. And I'm the one that can do the miracle. See, God is big enough for our questions and for our doubts. So the issue is not the question and the doubt. The issue is who we take those questions and doubts to. Because sometimes when we're struggling, we go to the wrong people. And those people don't point us to truth. Those people aren't there to pray for us. Those people will feed our our alcoholism like uh, Richard was talking about. They'll say, hey, look, let's just go get wasted and just forget about it. And the truth is, is if you've ever been in that situation, eventually that's going to wear out and you're going to find yourself in the same situation or worse. But when you have people around you that can say, you know what, you're not thinking straight right now. Let me remind you of what the word of God says. I know you wanna find the easy way out of your marriage, but let me remind you that God still restores marriages. I know right now that you wanna throw in the towel, but I believe that there is still blood, a power in the blood of Jesus and he can break the addiction. We need to run to the right people and the right things whenever we are having questions and doubts. And the other thing we talked about is addiction. Second Corinthians 12:9. this is what it says. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. What was Paul saying here? Paul was saying is he's struggling. He was being honest and transparent there. And I believe that that's a key thing right there is transparency is key. Number one, transparency with God. See, God can't work in a heart that is not willing to admit that they are in need. Did y'all hear that? God can't work in a heart that's not willing to admit that they are in need. Because when God sees that someone comes to him and says, Lord, I'm struggling, I'm having a hard time, I need you today, then God says, now I can step in. But as long as we continue to push God away and say, you know what, I'll figure it out on my own, God can't work with the heart like that. And I speak from personal experience. So transparency is key. The second way for us to be transparent is transparent with the right people. It's finding people who we can be honest with and open with that we can trust and we know will pray for us. I would not be able to have made it this far in my walk with the Lord if I didn't have people in my life that I can go to and say, man, I'm struggling right now. I wanna go back to my old ratchet ways, right? I wanna go back to the old person that I was. Can you remind me of what the word of God says about me? Can you just pray with me right now? Or people that hold me accountable, right? Because there's all kinds of temptation around us. Y'all think that because we preach up here that somehow we're magically free from every addiction that could ever come against us. No, we get attacked just like you. The difference is we understand that we can run to God and be humble, and we can run to people that we trust and say, man, right now I'm having a hard time, amen? So find people who you trust that will point you to the truth of the word of God. And the second thing that we read here is it says, my grace is sufficient for you. We rely on God's grace to keep going, guys. It's not our willpower, it's not our ability, and it's not our own goodness. I can't fix me on my own, but I rely on God's grace daily and say, God, I need your grace today to keep taking a step forward. And notice how it says my grace is sufficient. What does that mean? Is that you will never run to God and he says, I ran out of grace today, come back another week, right? Or I don't have enough grace for that problem. I had enough grace for the other problem that you brought to me, but this one's too big for me. No, God says I have enough grace. My grace is sufficient to cover whatever it is that you're bringing to me. So rely on God's grace because it's by his grace that we we are able to break from the power of sin in our lives. I just wanna pray with you guys this morning as we close and just pray uh, most importantly that we understand that God loves you, number one, that he's not against you, he's for you, that as his child, he hurts when you hurt. As his child, he cries when you cry because he doesn't wanna see us go through whatever it is that we're going through. But he understands this, is that even in your hardest times, he will bring it all together and it will become an amazing message, an amazing testimony, like the one that you just heard today, through Richard, through Heath, through Lauren. It may not make sense right now, but God will not waste any season, I promise you that. He's not causing it, but he will use it. So let me pray with you guys. Father, we thank you this morning, Lord, for the ability and the opportunity to be able to come here and be transparent, God, in your house. We thank you that today we are reminded that there is hope, and even in the middle of our addiction, even in the middle of our unbelief or our doubts, God, you are there, Lord. Father, you don't give up on us, Jesus, but you continue to remind us, God, that there is more and there is greater for our lives, God. Father, remind us that there is power in the blood of Jesus today, God, and it is not by our own willpower or by our own strength, God. We've tried that before, and it doesn't work. But it is through the blood of the Lamb, Jesus. God, it is through relying on your grace daily and saying, Lord, I need you today. I can't take another step without you, God. And in those moments, God, in our weaknesses is when your strength shows up, Lord. So show us, God, and teach us how to admit our weaknesses, God, before you. Father, surround people, God, with the right groups, Lord, with the right influences, with the right people that can remind them of who they are and that can point them to truth, Lord Jesus, in their weak moments. And Father, we thank you today, God, that you are a God of restoration, that you are a God of new beginnings, and you are a God of great and awesome God futures, Lord. And we declare and believe that over everyone in this place today. In Jesus' name, amen.